Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out Musician tough is like the least tough of, like it's not boxing tough, you know. It's like musician tough is its own little category of, you know, <laughs> maliness. It's it, it's more like rebelliousness. Exactly, it's just like kind of being an asshole, <laughs> and 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 it's like angst, you know. It's it's more angsty as Neil likes to shit on Jack White all the time. Oh my god, the one Spe- guy. Speaking <laughs> speaking of male rock and roll bravado. Um, I was thinking, I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking this week about favorite rock, like not voices. Cause we talked a couple of weeks ago about like Robert Plant and like, you know, kind of like him and Freddie Mercury, like just that's an overall rock singer, but just a specific song, you know, this has nothing to do with rock and roll, but I, you know, you, you always hear on the 4th of July, I heard what, what, what's the, uh, the people always sing the God bless America, you know, <laughs> is, that the, is that your bravado? Yeah. I, no, that is not. But you just always hear people singing that, and that's not. I don't even. That's like patriotic bravado. Bravado, if that that's even a thing. Um, I mean, vibrato. it's a lame thing. If it bravado is. with vibrato, vibrato. It's vibrato. It's a patriotic vibrato. <laughs> but in terms of, of of taking, and I'm not even sure if it's like the best. But like when you think about, I, mean, I don't know. I think about like the hardest to sing. Like when I think best, like vocal performance like in a song by by a dude it it's more of just like i couldn't sing that if i tried and it's and it's kick ass so with well, somewhat of those parameters neil what, what would you well I'll what t- comes to mind when i say that i'll take this off the table i mean joe cocker with a little help from my friends woodstock or i it, there's a recorded and a woodstock version correct i'm sure they both kick ass but it, it's yeah. one of the most memorable vocal performances of the last century i'd say I found out, uh, I was watching this documentary about Zeppelin, and Jimmy Page played on the studio version. Yeah, yeah, I think you told me that years ago. Uh, of cool. Joe Cocker's? Yep. Mm-hmm. Did, was, he, was Zeppelin already a band? No, he was a session player. I said he's, he was the session player in London. But yeah, he's doing all that. Brown, brown, brown. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy on, the, on the, the vocals on the Woodstock version. Like, those are dudes singing the, the backup Oh, words, yeah, that's which is right. insane. That's bravado. And they are. That's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is, that's, a, that's a certain kind of bravado. And we should clarify, since we were talking about old Cocker a couple of weeks ago, that we're talking about young Cocker uh, with a little help from my friends. Jonathan, what, uh, what, what comes to mind for you? I mean, it's great. It's not one of my favorites, but it's definitely great. No one can sing it. Is uh, any Steve Perry, especially, like, don't stop believing. Like, that Jimmy yeah. stuff's just absurd. It's. It and is. I don't know if it's because of the guitar player, but it's it's kind of badass too. I, uh, not the ballads, but like, you know, "Don't Stop Believing" or like, "Wheel in the Sky" or "Oh Sherry." Stuff. Like all those tunes are pretty. I mean, he's a ridiculous singer. It's just so it, polished it, and nice in, yeah. a good, in the best kind of way. You know, polishing yeah. can go bad, but it doesn't with him. I wonder if it's more just because he can sing so much higher than most folks. 
he's had a lot of control. I mean, and it's, and also it's like it's yeah, just lots of control and sustain. I mean, and it also just has a great tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the you know, phrasing. Yeah, it's phrasing exactly. in general. I mean, until and, and then when you see him in the videos from the '80s, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, I I would say number one for me and always is just, and we talked about it on this pod is is the, uh, Rod Stewart uh, "Stay with Me." Um, yeah. Oh yeah, the faces like that song is even like in the car when I'm trying to just like don't care. I'm just like, nah, I'm not even gonna try. I can't. No, it's he's got a very high register. It doesn't <laughs> sound as high as it. And then you kind of does it, and it sounds so kick ass. You just well, think you can hit it too because it sounds so effortless, and it's not. <laughs> well, it does. It sounds it's effortless because it's Rod, but it does it in this in the same manner. It sounds like he's pushing a lot of air, like he's really like. You know what I mean? Oh, it's just, it's so guttural. He's just almost yelling it, but in such a nice, nice yeah. way. By the time he gets to morning from, oh, in the morning, you realize I can't sing this. <laughs> and yeah, like, d- dude, it, it comes out with so much fire. It's just like, well, it's insane. Whoa. Fire and smoke. <laughs> Where there's smoke, there must be that fire. Is right? it, is, it, is quite, it is quite the smoky evoke. That is, that is true. Uh, Neil, you got, you got another one? Yeah, I'm going to stick with another classic. Um, I've always loved uh, the Beatles and Lennon's version of Twist and Shout, just the way that was recorded and kind of the story of it where what they were in the at, in the studio for like t- over 12 hours at the end of a session and his voice was shot, but they decided that that was the best time to sing this song, just completely like shot voice box, but just keep going. And that's why it sounds so like raw, raspy, and like desperate. And you can tell that that story makes so much sense. Yeah, there's a story, and I'm sure I've mentioned to you guys before about him and Harry Nilsson getting into a like, oh. sc- like who can scream the loudest or whatever. <laughs> sounds awesome. and, like, they said when they were done, there was blood on the microphone. Oh man! <laughs> Probably chain smoking cigs and yeah, like between like idea. shots of liquor I'm and then sh- just screaming your voice hoarse. Jesus. I'm sure they woke up the next day and they're like, God, I'm glad we did that. That was um, really, really constructive. <laughs> they probably woke up the next morning and had another smoke. <laughs> yeah, probably woke yeah. up two days later. They probably were still up the next morning screaming at each other in the microphone. That, that, that is true. That is true. Jonathan, what, uh, what else you got? This one's a, a bit of a three-parter, but like Under Pressure by Queen. Mm, yeah, Because yes. what Bowie's doing is great. What Freddie Mercury's doing is amazing. But I really think, I heard a, the other day and randomly and. I think the highest note in the breakdown, the really highest note, I think is is Roger Taylor. I think it's the drummer. Huh. It it is. They they do that that scene in the movie. Not for under pressure. Like, no, that's oh no, that's for Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody. That's right. That's right. It's like it's right. It's a kind of a falsetto, but it's also a, a a blend. It's crazy that like you're in a band with Freddie Mercury, and they're like, all right, you're gonna do the high one. <laughs> the drummer sings the high notes. <laughs> Well, and with that song, it's good anytime you can hear a recording of vocals only, kind of just that isolated track. I mean, that's where I really saw the beauty in that song. Because it's a great song, but you don't know. You can't tell the little nuance that's going on underneath. But yeah, I like like how you eschewed the the obvious Bohemian Rhapsody and one with Under Pressure, Jonathan. I'm going to go with one that's probably a little easier to sing, but it's just such a good vocal. And you could do any of these guys, this guy's vocals on their their popular song but eric burden house of rising sun yeah yeah just okay. for sure you know i mean it's a that's that's an on in my in my mind that's that's an all-timer every time i hear it, it's just like that's so many people have sang that song and none of them hold a candle to mm. his, his vocal and i think it's because of his vocal strictly well it's hard because like 
the first half is like almost too low to sing comfortably, and then the second when he goes high is too high to sing comfortably. <laughs> it's like the worst of both worlds. But that's why it's so impressive. It I mean, really is. Neil, give me one more. Um, let me go with um, Bono with or without you. Such a good like. Mm. He's got such a great voice, and I think that was one of the pinnacles. Because like when he sings that, it's it, there's a cheesy element, but also just a just genius element. It's it's affecting when he sings. When you hear it, you kind of you kind of take a beat and listen for listen for a bit. Yeah, he can soar. I mean, his vocal has that kind of uplifting, like soaring quality that uh, is somewhat unique to him. I, I feel mm-hmm. like as a as a male performer, like. I guess some people would say like Chris Martin when Coldplay have that, but it's like a poor man's, very yeah. poor man's Bono. Discount Bono. <laughs> the, 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 Do- dollar store Bono. <laughs> dollar store. 99 cent Bono. Uh, <laughs> I've always wanted to go to the dollar store and just keep asking people how much shit is. Much is Can I get a price on this? <laughs> price check. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Jonathan, what, what, what's, uh, you got one more? Yeah, I mean, the vocal I can never imagine anybody else doing, but this guy is like Axl Rose singing Welcome to the Jungle. I mean, it's, I just can't even imagine anybody else singing that song. It's so insane and it's so high and it's so just fucking intense. You know, it's, it, yeah. and, and the shit, like, it, it's just ridiculous. It's just so out of control. I almost feel like if I'm thinking of Guns N' Roses, I'm going Civil War would be the song that I'm just like, but, Jesus. But like, it's uh, in terms of the song for sure, but like this, but the idiosyncrasies he does in Welcome to the Jungle are in, impossible to, to replicate. You're talking shananananananese? Exactly. <laughs> it's no one, I can't imagine anybody doing that and not, not looking like an asshole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He takes some chances. He swings for the fences. I can't see, I mean, Steve Perry has the range for it, but I can't see him going shananananese. I mean, it's like, it's not happening. <laughs> I can't even, it's oh. just insanity. <laughs> With his tank top, breaking the chains. Um, <laughs> exactly. The, the, the Seeger Hollywood Nights, that live version that we've, we've mentioned before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just something that always... I'm going to I'm gonna skip Brad Delp more than a feeling for Boston and Kurt Cobain, Where Did You Sleep Last Night? I'm going to go with Seeger Hollywood Nights, that one live thing that is just so kick-ass and also so difficult to sing. And you don't really think of Bob Seeger as someone who has... Like that broad of a range or, or that he's great got a, of a wonderful voice. voice i mean i don't even think that that's his best vocal performance but just the magnitude of that song kind of takes it to another level it's like the, the rod energy. stewart stuff where it's higher it's a high belty and it's most if you can't do that like and most folks can't like it's just not going to happen like i don't think there's any way to train for that kind of range it's 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 just where he puts it I do want to point out, we, we kind of left out duets and, like, R&B stuff. It's strictly rock that we're talking about because, like, you can't really compare these guys to, like, Otis and Sam Cooke and stuff like that. No. Or even, like, the the Righteous Brothers or, or folks like that. I'll tell you who does some, who's not, you know, maybe the most amazing singer, but he's awesome. And he does some crazy things with his voice that you can't do, really, is Morrison. Like, Jim Morrison will do some shit sometimes where you're like, he just mm-hmm. lets go in such an insane way that it's like, yeah. But it's almost like his voice is so deep. It, like he can do stuff. some stuff on that. Uh, oh, like, but but it's more like a primal scream. We want the world and we want it now. It's like, mm-hmm. nah. And it's like the way he it's just insanity. Like yeah, he just really screams. lets go. Yeah, he's he's very uh, cinematic in his mm-hmm. 
uh, screams and stuff like that. And yeah. and 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 on that note, you were listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to You and another Morrison that has a nice little rock and roll vocal. Uh, one of the one of the best is um, Van Morrison. And this week we are discussing his Into the Mystic from his 1970 album Moon Dance. Written and produced by Van Morrison, also produced by Louis Merenstein. We were born before the wind. I wanted to talk about this song because this is one of those special creations that I feel you could play for any human in the history of civilization. <laughs> and and in, in any landscape. Like desert, forest, sea, oh, does that step. Factor in, that factors into things like the landscape it does. factors. It does. Okay, I, it I, does. Didn't, I didn't know that. Just any time, any place, anywhere, Anybody. and you play this song, and it would stir emotion, and it would make that person feel better, and it would make that person feel alive. And I think the song is the definition of timeless. It has to be one of the best recorded pieces of music, especially in like rock and roll. All time, in my humble opinion. Yes, I I agree. And your special creation is a very good, very good word for it. I mean, I was going to say like a grand inspiration. It's like what art should be. I think this is, I really don't think as a musical recording, it can get much better than this, if any. And just the way it immediately from the sound to the lyrics to his voice just transports you into like this alternate reality almost that, you know, it's kind of what art is supposed to do. The whole thing is so simple and concise. Um, I mean, there's a lot going on, but just the, you know, the the simplicity of what it is just really comes through. Other other than his voice, his voice just shines. You know, there's everything else is just a bed of sweet music for him to do his thing over. And yeah, like you said, Josh, I think this is this song could speak from humanity. Like, I feel like it should have been sent out to space as like a as <laughs> with like Chuck this, Berry. <laughs> yes, with Chuck Berry. This should have been one of them. Um, because it just, it has a, you know, it doesn't have that rock and roll vibe to it, but it, it has a, um, just certain, um, sentimental quality to it that, uh, is so powerful. Yeah. It's one of those tunes. I don't even know what I think about the song anymore. Cause I mean, I've <laughs> just thought about it so much for so long. I mean, it's clearly great. I don't know. It's like jeans. It's like, what do you think about jeans? Like, I don't know. I wear them all the time. That is, I don't really, I hardly even have an opinion on them at this point because they're so what? baked in. I can't my, imagine life without it, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it just, it, just it, it is, it seems like it's hard to imagine a time before that song. Like, you think, like, that song was playing when, like, the fucking Pilgrims landed, <laughs> fucking Plymouth Rock. It's like, it, it, you can't, like, that and, like, I saw the light. You can't imagine I saw the light not ever being a song. The, the, the whole first song, we were born before the wind. Like, this song <laughs> was born before the wind. Yes. Born before the wind. It's like, you, it it exi- it existed in the ether and and it existed in the in the mystic and he yeah kind of so is this before or after Star Wars happened because that was like long in a galaxy far away yes was that the mystic galaxy I don't know what's uh, going on that's just a galaxy just the, the a mystic galaxy. is more of a spiritual realm I'm assuming of which uncertainty he, and which like Neil kind of pointed to he kind of creates out of. And Jonathan, you always like to refer to this um, about certain songs. He's using the same tools everybody else has for that. There is nothing super experimental about this song. It is vocal, guitar, drums, bass, piano, and some saxophone. That's it. And yeah, saxophone. But to create something like this with those 
same tools. Yeah, and it's it, he's got the the same physical tools, but the way the lyrics, melody, and his voice like it seems like it was all like created at once. Like it, it's hard to hear anyone else even sing this. It's it's all just one perfect artistic thought put down on a record. It is. It is something special. Well, yeah, I mean, he's the narrator of the mystic, you know. Well, the thing about it, too, that's very interesting is that more than most songs I can think of, it has a distinctly European undertone. Like, it's mm. very, like, northern Celtic or Celtic. I'm not even sure what the proper pronunciation of that is. But it's Celtic. Of, yeah, but uh, it's of that, like, Anglo-Saxon. It, just, it, it sounds like, but it still has, like, the underpinnings of American, like, soul music. But that's what's so cool. So, like, it, it's like that shit from Prometheus, you know, the the stuff that turns things into things. Like, well, whatever <laughs> yeah. thing that thing gets into, it turns into a version of that. So it's yeah. like this is like the awesome, infective, super cool, mutative power of music coming through with blues, and then this like Irish badass. Like, I mean, that dude. If if Van Morrison was alive in the Middle Ages, he'd be singing for somebody. Like, he would just be. That's what the dude was put on Earth. He was put I think on that, Earth. Yes, yeah, what you're talking about, like that. I think that's, that's why unique quality. I can't think many other songs at this point had done that. His vocal to me is like for that brand of rock and roll, like Willie Nelson's guitar for that brand of country. It's just something that's not at all like what else is there, but also exactly like it in a different way. And maybe that's because they're both a little jazzy, but oh, absolutely! That's absolutely. I've always said he sings like the way a, tr- a trumpet player plays, like his phrases. Then he plays, you know, some horn stuff too. But he's got he's very like in and out. He's very attacking. He's very phrasy. He's like a he's like mm-hmm. a jazz instrumentalist, really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. it shows on a lot of his work and just the way he uses syllables and like sometimes you have no idea what he's saying it's hard to even in this song there's a couple things it's hard to make out what he's saying but oh yeah it sound, that. but it just sounds <laughs> so good that. like it like it doesn't matter really i mean there's great words in this song most of it's amazing but at the same time if he was just a scat and then say into the mystic i'd probably like it almost as much <laughs> if he just went not that kind of scat <laughs> More of a not Bobby motherfucking McFerrin over there. This isn't. Don't worry, be happy, Josh. This is into the <laughs> You're like shooby doo pop. All right. Well, let's 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 get into the song. The song comes in with this nice acoustic guitar, like and kind of a weird strumming pattern not something that uh, uh, he's coming in on the on the upstroke right um it's tough to tell it comes in so soft but thing to point to is just that slap it's so kind of soft and then it's like that is really a big part of it the slaps yeah there's a lot of dynamics and what's interesting is that that's on the two one and two three da 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 one and two which is like the natural place for a drum beat, a snare beat to be. Yes, but the drum's not he, in he yet. He only does on the two, right? He doesn't do on the four though. But it's that boom, boom, bop. Yeah. Ba da ba da ba da ba do ba da bop. That timing is very uh. important. Yeah, and I think because of that, it almost sounds like it fades in. Like he definitely starts so soft and then pulls well, up to that slap soft. on the two. I, yeah. I've never thought of that, but you're, you're absolutely right. It sounds like he's in the middle of strumming when mm-hmm. it comes in, almost. Yeah, that that's great. That's, and then you have—is that a classical guitar that's coming in second? I don't think so. 
Um, the Daniel Nano. It's, it's, it's yeah, that first little there. lick. It doesn't it sound like, like nylon, but it could be. I mean, they're like the second gu- guitar comes in, and it's so seamless. Like it, it kind of, it you don't really notice unless you're listening for it. it. Just sounds like one beautiful guitar. Well, again, we're talking about the the mystic. Like it seems like these things just kind of appear. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and out of nowhere, and then they they're here, and then you have that that strong kind of bass, which is so nice. It's rolling like the yeah. ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the bass is so important for this song. Without the bass, just strumming those guitar chords, they don't stand out until the bass comes in, and then you know exactly what's going on. It's so simple, but like boom, 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 boom. This should be the national anthem of Ireland. It's all timing. Yeah, that's the jazz uh, element. See, with European music, European stuff's more melodic and harmonic, but he always brings that the underpinnings of the R and B in there. That's what's so effective. Mm-hmm. And then you have the drums come in doing their thing, but it, it is kind of more of a more jazzy drum, right? That that's what gives this song a jazzy feel. Are the drums? I think his singing is the most the, the drum. Everything the music is pretty straight ahead. It's just his his the looseness. It's it sounds like improvised a bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It it sounds very, yeah. On a different day, it would have sounded a little different, maybe. Yeah. Ah, I, th- I yeah. think that's the jazzy nature of it too, because yeah, it's so not too. jazz. Like it's not jazzy, but no, no. Almost all of his acoustic stuff has that loose genius element to it. It's so simple; they're not doing too much, but it has such a a a grooving kind of swinging quality to it. Well, that's what he would do. He would just tell people the changes and be like, "Let's record it." And they're like, "We've never played it." <laughs> so he would do that. I mean, and he would let me say where I'm going to fall. Right. And, and, and work it out. And you could tell with other albums. Especially. Yeah. And well, speaking of the vocals, I mean, they come in one of the best li- first lines of any song that I can think of. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I think definitely a good one. That's why we were um, born before the wind. It's great. Yeah. And that's what takes you into that mystical element where like if the song already sounds and you're already in this headspace and you're like wow what is this and then we were born before the wind you're like wow <laughs> okay I yeah <laughs> the second line also younger than the sun yeah and you don't really know if he's is saying that rock and roll sun? gibberish is this rock and roll gibberish well no. it depends because I'm if he's saying sun, sun or sun no it's, you know like it's s-o-n S-U-N. or s-u-n it's s-u-n, it's S-U-N. And that's he has said it could be both. He thinks of it as both different times when he's singing. Well, he's been saying crazy things. Totally. Lately, so. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm sure he he plays around with the meaning of it, but that's what speaks to like just the ancient, timeless quality that he's speaking to the whole song. Younger than the sun, so you're you're way old. You're like you're completely timeless. Well, we were before the wind, but younger than. But the younger sun. means the sun came before you. Yes, but wind came. We came in between sun and so, wind. So the chronology is sun, <laughs> these people, and then the wind. Sun, <laughs> us, right, the, us, them at least. Wind, <laughs> right? This is like a. And in the beginning, God created light, and then uh, day two, He created us, and then day three, wind. Wind. The gospel according to Van, the book of Van. And kite flying also came on the third day. It did not happen on the second. The, the kite flying industry just totally blossomed. Third day of creation. It really, it really found its niche. It feels like a Nordic d- creation day three. myth. <laughs> Which would make sense. Here's the thing I'll well, say about Van Morrison, if you don't mind. The thing that makes uh, him no, so no, good go, is... Be, by all means. Are we talking about Van Morrison? Yes. Okay. I, don't, I can't think of anyone who has the natural qualities of a singer a very effective singer who has the 
observational powers of a writer and has just the I give a shit enough about all of it to put it out for other people to share as much as this guy. Yeah. Like he just has all three of those those important important di- those are the three most important things that you can do it that you see what it is and that you give a shit enough to do it and he has them all and he's really uh, good uh, at it. Absolutely. I mean even if you if you read kind of this first verse I mean it's we were born before the wind, also younger than the sun. Ere the bon- I don't know what a bonnie boat is, but uh, ere the bonnie boat was one, as we sailed into the mystic. And really, all the lyrics in this song, similar to what you're saying, Jonathan, it, they're, they're pretty ambiguous, but they make sense on a subconscious level. And they're mystical. They're mystical, which is, and I almost feel like the we were b- born before the wind is like consciousness, like like in a subconscious level, like you know, before consciousness was even a thing. And that's been around before the wind. So it makes sense in a certain way. I don't think it's gibberish. I think it you can still kind of find meaning I in pretty much every little so nugget well. he's saying. You can yeah. find it's mystical. It's not step by step instructions. It's but you could also argue if it was some half ass bar band write this had written those lyrics to be like these are the worst lyrics I've ever heard. Well, I love how he comes in with the heart now, right after that, hear the sailors cry, because it's almost like heavenly. He's like adding on to that spiritual kind of myth mystical world mm-hmm. that that he's creating with the hark now you don't really hear hark in many songs outside of christmas uh well christmas you, you know religious t- songs yeah yeah and just to what you were saying jonathan just the perfect marriage of talent on all levels the the words and you know how he's performing this song are what it may, make it sound so timeless even though it does sound like you know, late sixties, early seventies, kind of just amazing acoustic rock kind of stuff. But it's because he defined that because of transformative per- performance here. It, it just, it really is timeless. And I, I don't think this song will ever be out of just the kind of pop culture kind of sensibility. Absolutely not. And the, the, the other thing he really does, and I know I've brought this up and you guys say you've never heard it, but like the whole Peter and the Wolf thing with that orchestra where, you know, every character is a different instrument. Like, even when you listen to these first these verses, the drums just sound like rain, almost, during during it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like rain. And then he even, when he says, uh, Hark now, hear the sailors cry, there's, like, another, like, random strum. Well, I have this, is there, this, the backbeat comes in. Boom, boom. And that snare comes in on the two and the four, and it feels like it gets puts it in gear. Absolutely. That's the power of the snare on the two and the four. Until then, it's mainly ride, and there's a little snare, but it's very light. It's very breezier. And then, like, and when he comes down the heart now here, the snare really pops out, which makes it feel. Because you're hearing the, the, that the rain sound uh, would be the ride symbol. It's one that he's yeah. keeping time on. You have the ride, the crash, which is a big tsh, and then the yeah. hi-hat, which is the tsh, tsh, so he's he's right. He's on the ride, and it, it begins a very even keeled vibe. You know, vibe. Let your soul and spirit fly into the mystic. Yeah, that, and that makes sense. Even with the rain, doesn't the piano come in around here? Just it's just kind of like um, bouncing in and out with these kind of liquid. Notes. It's, it's it starts to trickle in. Yeah, the, the um, piano. That's why I always have to piss every time it comes on. That's what it is. I was wondering what that is about this song. Um, it's the trickling. But yeah, and in in the second part of this, the the acoustic, acoustic, Jesus Christ, acoustic, acoustic. I was about I was trying to say acoustic accompaniment. 
Um, ah, that is tough. Say yeah. it three times. <laughs> so, you know. And, acoustic accompaniment. Acoustic accompaniment. <laughs> so you can't do it. Anyway, the second acoustic guitar really kind of comes to life in this part. And it has that sound of the 70s acoustic rock. Because I even heard that that trick that James Taylor uses all the time. That ba-na-ba-na-na-na-na. You can hear his uh-huh. like James ah. Taylor little kind of like turnarounds. This is suspended I, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's used so much. But it's um, when used right. It's so effective because it sounds so good. It also kind of reminds you of other things you've heard. It just feels comfortable. Well, and everything he's building up to is is for that payoff into you know and let your soul and spirit fly into the mystic. I mean, like that's that's the line. It's like that's where we are right now. And and even though it's he's kind of talking about sailors, it seems. Yeah, it just seems like a a. Like the sailors coming home, like someone's been out at sea or gone for a long time. And it's more the sea bearing stuff is a nod to where he's from and kind of just, you know, there's a certain quality to it. But it's all setting up to, you know, coming home when that foghorn. I will say this into the halfway or into the second verse. He's already better than most people's whole career. Like his whole fucking second verse. He's not even the pre-chorus yet. He's already better than most people's full catalog. Just right there. It's like, all right, you can cut like 97% of musicians out of the yeah. picture. And I don't even think that's hyperbole. That's just, no, it's that not, is it's what really it is. Not, it really, and like, it's a song that hasn't even got to its best part yet. Like, yeah, and he's just getting warmed up. And where that foghorn blows, I will be coming home. Then that uh, walk-up brings you right into um, the pre-chorus. Just the the melody and the production going on here is just... And the saxophone that sounds like a foghorn, but like no, a really beautiful foghorn. Yes, horn. oh, of course. When he says that, that foghorn and does the brrrr, like the brrr. low note. At first I thought that was a cello, but uh, apparently it's a tenor sax. He's so good about this. I don't know if it's how much of a role he plays in the production, but he just always keeps everything uncluttered. Because that, that guitar, there's double stops, that boo da ba da ba da He always, mm-hmm. man, he has the smartest guitar players on earth. Uh, I don't know if it's the same guy for Brown Eyed Girl. So, yeah, uh, I mean, sounds Brown like Eyed, it. It's some of my favorite guitar playing ever. And he just creates so much space that keeps the narrative at the focal point. And that's what he always does. He keeps the narrative it, first and foremost. Yeah, it's John Platania. Yeah, and he, he's fucking yeah. so yeah. good. And, and he's I, worked on most of a lot of Ann Morse's yeah. I think what's going on here, and it's it's good to bring up the production because it sounds so good here that it really kind of ramps up. That you know, in this part is where everything is doing its most. It still is very simple, but the the acoustic even past those double stops, it kind of gets kind of rocking with some licks in there, and like there, there's just a lot going on in this part, but still letting Van shine. Kind of to what you both just said, it almost unlike a lot of stuff, it feels like he's singing around the musicians instead of vice versa. He's like, you guys play this, be as comfortable as you can play in it. And I'm just going to find what my, like, I'm going to find yeah, my role and like it's going to be perfect. Jazz soloist. Exactly. He's like a, he's yeah. like a soloist playing over it. I can't really think of many other singers that do that outside of like Billie Holiday. Yeah. It's, I mean, it sounds like I think of phrases like, Coltrane and lyrics like Dylan and I kind of sound like Ray Charles. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> like, it's quite, it's quite the trifecta there. It really is. I mean, that's that's what he does. And like, there's nobody else. I don't think there's anybody else who has that package. Like Dylan clearly has 
the lyrics and the phrasing and stuff. But I, Dylan's not, I mean, not Van Morrison. And Freddie Mercury has the voice. And, you know, I think the songwriting, but I just don't know that, that the, the lyrics in Queen are as strong as, you know, so it's like, he's just, there's aren't many people like that. Well, what's so great is, and, you know, somewhat unique about this song is, you know, Into the Mystic should be the line you walk away from with mm-hmm. it from but the, the lines that i always remember when i listen to the song are obviously the first one we were born before the wind and then i don't have to fear it yeah, and, and that, that is great and the way he delivers it but also just like that line itself he's kind of coming into and especially the way the lyric has kind of led up it's almost like surrender to the mystic you know like you <laughs> don't have to fear it anymore yeah it, and, it, and it just just let it go and to the universe be there you know i want to Jonathan, kind of what you were saying, where like the vocal talent, you know, there is Freddie Mercury, there's there's plenty of people, but the way he does it so effortless, effortlessly, he doesn't sound like he's trying to impress you with notes or anything, and even the way he pronounces like that fog, or I don't even, that's a little more Boston, but that fog horn, you know what I mean? It almost it almost sounds like it's spelled differently. He's, and and it's like he's saying that at a truck stop. So <laughs> whoa. Well, he also does in the second time he goes through this, he goes home. Mm-hmm. He, like he, oh, he, I mean, his not, growling shit that he home. does is so awesome. Yeah, it's like he almost sm- it's almost like he it tastes so good the song up to yeah. this point he just wants to just chew on it a little bit. I don't think <laughs> I ever realized he did that until listening to it this week. That I will be coming home. <laughs> You know I will be coming home. Yeah, when that It's almost like a religious vision or something, like some Yeah. You know, that he's is. trying to convey yes. to you. And he's not trying to write you a song. He's like, fuck songs. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to tell you about the universe, shit. man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it really is. I mean, but without even trying really, it just sounds like yeah, I'm just effort, this effortless little dude from fucking Ireland who could just crush it. Like, it's amazing. Well, I just want to know, like, does he say flow, float, or fold into the mystic? To magnificently, we will flow, fold, fold. I think it might be fold, actually. I I always thought it said we will both (laughs) into the mystic, which doesn't make any sense. But like, growing up, we will both. It just always sounded like he said we will both. He even said... When he had to write the liner notes for the record company, he he didn't know what to put down because he kind of didn't know what he was saying to himself. <laughs> He's not saying words. It float. I would say float makes the most sense. The fold sounds a I little think, awkward. Well, flow sounds what like it's what water does. It's like it well, moves. water and waves fold. You know, like mm, not that they yeah. flow more than they fold. Uh, I don't yeah, think yeah, water okay, John, think Jonathan, water you convince me. I'm I'm gonna go with flow. Yeah, just I mean, because that, of the seat bearing. Just because, just because it's that time of month. Uh, <laughs> I don't, what time of month? Just like about? way back in the days of old, and together we will fold into the mystic. How, how have we not talked about the the chorus? That first note he comes in on that. I want in the belt, man. Like that first note, man. That just it's like a, it's like almost like feral. But it's also controlled, and it's it, but it's definitely unrestrained, just intensity, yeah. which is so cool, well, man. It's incredible. And, 
real quick, what Josh was saying before, just I don't have to fear it, how that sets up the that long, and it's so right. it's such exactly. a nice setup because the I don't have to fear it. It's such a you know universal line about love or the universe or anything. You don't want to fear anything, and then just I want to rock your gypsy soul is such a great resolve to that. He's re- he's releasing his inner primal fucking scream right there, you mm-hmm. know, and it sounds and it sounds great. Okay, if gun to head. Somebody was like, you need to give me a criticism of Van Morrison. And my buddy pointed this out a while back. My buddy's very knowledgeable, um, buddy, uh, Rich Bodger, very knowledgeable about music. He's like, he uses the word gypsy too much. And Van Morrison does use the word gypsy very liberally across his career. <laughs> There's a yes. lot of gypsy. But I agree said, with that. It, that's okay, though. It's, it's okay. I'm just saying if I had to say something like. I think it's a, a little talk. too much sometimes. In historical retrospect, I think it was probably something very cool back then. You know, exactly. like I don't think of like actual gypsies. Oh. I just think of it as being a kind of a roaming soul, you know. Yeah, it's it's like a a hippie nomad. Yeah. All right. A hippie nomad. <laughs> Sticking their hands in your pockets when you're not looking. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes when you are looking. I got to hear it. I don't have to fear it and I I do love how the song and what we've been talking about, I want to rock your gypsy soul. It's certainly, he's certainly talking about romantic love, or but it can be taken any way. Like, I feel like just what he's saying there, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it could be talking about anyone, a friend, a family member, you know, because it's not like rock your world. It's just kind of like blow your mind with this majestical, like, uh, insight. I could see that. I'm not sure I want to be in that kind of relationship with a man, though. Just, I'm, just, I'm going to say that. Like, I, you may I, be right, but I feel like... Yeah. Well, and, and, I mean, if you, I mean I'm saying it's, musically, like, uh, I don't know. People have rocked my like, soul before. Would you ever give a man a foot rub? It's kind of like... Pulp, pulp, no, but pulp you can play picture. guitar for him and make him feel like, you know, it's... <laughs> I'm just saying, they're, they're, Jesus Christ! <laughs> like if some dude's like, yeah, that guy rocked my girlfriend's gypsy soul. I'll be, that motherfucker. No, uh-uh. I, no, I think what he's saying is, the whole song is building up to like, if you think about this, of like, this is a, a mystical tale of his life, and it's his home, and he wants to sing, and you know, he doesn't have to fear it anymore, and he's gonna let go, he's gonna float into the mystic. mystic. <laughs> And he's going to rock your gypsy soul with his, what we've been talking about this entire time, his fucking voice. We're, we're, and, we're not talking about that. We're saying, though, is it inherently sexual or not? Is this, is this a relationship? No, I, I don't think so. No, don't that's, think what, so. that's all I was trying to say. Is it, is, I think, I think it's it is, so I universal. Think to get laid. I think it's asexual. Asexual what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I, but the problem is, is when you get to that musical break, that does sound a little more sexual than the rest of the song, I think. Mm-hmm. It, can, it can work a lot of ways. It's, it's a utility. It's, it's a Swiss army knife. Really? It's an Irish army knife? It it's an Irish beer army knife. It, <laughs> it, just, it just cracks open whiskey bottles. I, I'm proudly part Irish, so I just want to be clear about that. Okay. Likewise. thing about uh, our Irish blood Jonathan is this musical break you're not like cutting an Irish jig it's just this beautiful kind of cacophony of sound built around this really nice is that a riff the bump bump 
Ba-na, yeah. Ba-na. Yeah. Oh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, like, I think it's an it R&B is rhythm. Because it's it's yeah. it's repeated over and over. Um, I love how it's um, just almost a sax duet. Two saxes just kind of... This part can get overlooked very easily. You know what I mean? It's the such a big duet. part of it. Nice. It's short. Mm-hmm. It's girthy, though. It, it's fucking chode. It's a girthy... It's, it's, it's chodish? <laughs> I don't know about that. But it carries a lot of weight, that short little solo. <laughs> And so the next time you're talking to somebody about Into the Mystic, you should be like, dude, that sax break Max is a chode. fucking chode. <laughs> Max chode. It's Max chode. <laughs> <laughs> to, get, to get back to the music, um, I really, like, has there ever been a classier little sax break? Usually any kind of, anytime the sax comes in, it's like saxophone, you know? <laughs> yeah. This is true. very, like... You almost—it's just such a part of the song. It's—it's it's tough. It doesn't really stand out, but it's so important. You know, I, I think it's, it's such a classy use of the sax duet to kind of keep the song it, like, moving. It's the far end, the end of the spectrum. Exactly. It's—it's it's the far end of the spectrum from the Lost Boys, oiled up saxy muscle guy. <laughs> like this is the other end, and in the middle is Careless Whispers. Is is right in the middle. But like <laughs> this is the good end of the spectrum here for yep. fucking uh, sax use. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's not totally light, but it's almost it has it's almost like Stanley Kubrick, like the pacing, and the simplicity, and the the heavy the weight like it's just it's not complicated it's not fast, but there's a lot going yeah. on in there yeah and, and it's just very like, clean yeah. and simple yeah like we've been talking about the epic nature of the song in general is very Kubrick in a way but not as are you not as are dark. you thinking of, of Barry Lyndon? <laughs> I'm always thinking of Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> Boom, 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 boom. Well, well, then they walk you back up to the pre-chorus and chorus, and he puts a little bit more into 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 this one. Like here at the end, there he get he gives the "Come on, girl" Mm -hmm. after after the after the end of the mystic Mm -hmm. and going back into that little outro musical break. So he is maybe trying to get sexual. Yeah, where that where that clearly if it was a jig, it wouldn't be nearly as sexy. Yeah. Well, and the too late to stop now is a great kind of just throw out. It's a great way that. to end it. <laughs> well, but he they do the same thing here. Like it kind of has that circular quality of wider shade of pale, where it it fades in. All yeah, it sounds like it fades in, then it fades out, and you can kind of just continue listening to this on a loop. It's too it's too late to stop now. So yeah. Just keep going. It feels like you could listen to him just like read poetry in this melody for the end of till the end of time. <laughs> Yeah. He's definitely just trying to hook up with smart, with nerdy, sexy girls. That's what this I realize now. He's trying to get into the mystic, wink, wink, because there it's almost a spiritual component, but he never truly commits to it. It sounds yeah. more like I'm gonna say some deep, cool shit, and we should have some wine. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. And we, see if you if you want to hop into my if you want to hop in my purple onesie and for my bonnie boat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the bonnie boat was one baby. into the mystic. He's trying to get into Bonnie's boat. Um, I think. He's definitely trying to get into Bonnie's boat. Um, and, and speaking of Bonnie's boat, uh, Jonathan, your favorite part of the song? My favorite part, like the part I look forward to most, is literally the little guitar walk-ups and his vocal on the pre-chorus. When the fog home blows, that part. Because it gets, it, it sounds gets, so good. It clears out in there a little bit, and it's just bass and guitar. It, get, it gets a little less cluttered right there. Yeah. Then Are you including back. the the foghorn? Say again. Are you including the foghorn? Pre-foghorn. It clutters, it clears out. I think specifically so so we can reintroduce it. Definitely no leghorn. Pre-foghorn, post-leghorn. I was going to say (laughs) post-leghorn. 
Neil, what's your, what's your favorite part? I mean, definitely I don't have to fear it and die. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to stick with the first line. I, I think yeah. it's it. The first line is that epic. That it's 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 what I take from this song every time I listen to it, um, and it's what I. If I think about the song, that's what I think about is we were born before the wind. That brings us to the vibe time section of our podcast. Cue the music, Johnny. In three, two, one. <laughs> it sounds like a weed eater. That's that's the, that's the company who makes it. <laughs> okay. It's actually a bush hog. <laughs> Jonathan, when do you want to hear this song? When I'm on an airplane, like taking off or something, I just want to chill and fucking go into the mystic. Yeah, anytime hanging out is a great song. Like if you're hanging out, even at a picnic, you know, it's obviously cool dinner music. It's it it, it works for anytime. You know, you don't want to play this at the Super Bowl. I don't think, uh, but you know, like you a boxing match, somebody comes out like into the mystic, they probably end up in the mystic, but, uh, but yeah, so anything that's not up, anything that's not like athletic or like, you know, race car driving or whatever, but pretty much anything else, it's, it's good for it. It's good for it. Neil, what, what, what about you? I think, uh, this song is best like on a hot summer night, like a humid night, whether you're with a lover or good friends and it's just a good night, like just kind of just after dusk on a hot summer night. And I know it may be a little morbid, but I think it'd also be a great song to play at my own memorial or at a funeral. Like, it's just such a universal kind of great tune. You want to hear this at your own funeral? Well, I wouldn't hear it there, but... I, <laughs> or maybe I would. How do we know? Well, that, that's, that's... Maybe I fold it into the mystic and I can hear it. Maybe you are in the mystic uh, right there. Um, I, that's funny, because I, I, I could hear this at a wedding, I, definitely. It was actually performed... Uh, are played in American Wedding, the movie, uh, the American Pie uh, trilogy. Oh, great! Um, <laughs> in the wedding scene, <laughs> nice. um, but but uh, I I want to hear this any time that I want to feel alive. Basically, like I said in the beginning, I think that I think that works. Quick question: for, for Billy song. Idol, White Wedding, yes or no? At a wedding? No, just the song. <laughs> Billy Idol. I, 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 yes, yeah, yes, yes, sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, speaking of Billy Idol and weddings, uh, let's uh, hop under the influence uh, <laughs> real quick. <laughs> he got his name because and one day the teacher wrote on the board, William is Idol, I-D-L-E, and he was like, Billy Idol. Like, that's literally where he got his name from. <laughs> hmm. Sorry. I'm going to put that in there. Uh, well, I don't know where Van Morrison got his name from, but uh, it's a great one. What do you think influenced this song? This song influenced things you would recommend people listen to, et cetera, et cetera, Jonathan? We'll say this song was influenced by a guy wanting to get laid, but who's a very thoughtful guy, a good singer. Um, now, it's, I mean, it's clearly like R&B based, but it has that, like I said, those Northern European imagery and that kind of stuff and it has the soulfulness i think this i think maybe that's why we, we keep coming back to these themes of humanity because you know when you have like you think of like african-american music and like northern english like that really you know covers a bunch of i mean outside of china and india that's a pretty large yeah, swath of humanity. Music, yeah um so those things then i think also you know it parallels Cat Steven has some just ridiculously good songs that are in this direction mm -hmm. you know i think you know the beatles would like I think Paul McCartney would love to write love songs as good as this. I'm not sure that he ever did quite as good as this. <laughs> it can get bad uh, though. You could argue that maybe adult contemporary came from this shit, and you know, so everything can be done to death. 
That is fair. But but he definitely brought it into the world as it should be. Neil, yeah, what, what you got? And yeah, Jonathan, like you were saying, it, it's clearly it's clearly white music, but it was. I mean, I can definitely hear that R and B. I mean, it kind of has some Sam Cooke and Otis and Ray Charles, oh, just kind of right. that Absolutely. really just a great melodic vocal performances. Yeah. And kind of beyond that, uh, you know, moving forward, I think this just inspired like just kind of powerful male singers, you know, just from Springsteen to Ray LaMontagne and even Dave Matthews, just kind of like people that kind of are just singer songwriter based, but have just one of those wonderful voices that can kind of speak to the world. That can carry in an arena. Mm hmm. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be more broad. I'm gonna say that this was influenced by and influenced life, and the universe. What and humanity? Yeah. So you say everything influenced it. This was the culmination of. <laughs> There's um, nothing of that life, didn't influence it. How the universe and spirituality. The universe uh, peaked uh, at this moment. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I, and I would I would just say listen to Moon Dance. Listen to Astral Weeks. Just listen to anything by Van Morrison except for his most recent album about the pandemic <laughs> yeah. and so just takes mm-hmm. on not science. listening yeah. to to his <laughs> to his old where, music that's and where only listening. Before the wind idea get, comes to <laughs> shit, it's like oh yeah, yeah, you're yeah, we forgot you were born before but, the wind. Because the, the the album that this is on Moon Dance, like the first six songs are just yeah phenomenal. Yeah, that's what I was it's just better. about it's to say. Terrible. And it stoned me. Moon Dance, Crazy Love, Caravan, Into the Mystic, like. Has there it's, ever been a better starting five? I mean, I like Caravan as much as any of those two. I mean, Caravan. Every like, one of those mm-hmm. songs. But I think this, amazing, but I think this takes the cake from all of them, and that's saying something. Right. And, you know, yeah. I mean, they're, they're all depending on your mood, but, you know, if you have to pick one, we did well, talk about. Yeah, we, we, we picked Into the Mystic, and but since you mentioned Moondance, why don't we uh, dance our way under the covers? And talk about the like covers this. of this so I'm here song this, uh, with my buddies drinking some white wine. <laughs> it's like I do not want to hang out with my buddies drinking the Van Morrison white wine. We're not taking doing some that poppers, uh, Jonathan. Rocking gypsy souls, uh, nacho poppers, <laughs> Just, <laughs> jalapeno poppers. Jonathan, how many, how many, how many covers did you listen to this week? I listened to a little bit, but uh-huh. here's the, here's what kills me with covers. It's like. They fuck it up like right out of the gate. You're like, why are you doing this this way? Like, like I listened to a little bit of this Wallflowers, and it's like, all right, you guys clearly. I mean, I hate to sound bad, but how do you get great, like, good people all in a room together and just get some fucking weak cover? I just don't I, understand. I agree. That. The Wallflowers cover is not. Yeah, it's, I, it's I, regrettable. I had high hopes. It's regrettable. I had high hopes. I turned it on. All I was like, oh, here we there. go. But all the talents there. But if you listen to a lot of the covers, there are a lot of them are live. I think because to a lot of bands that would are smart, the Allman Brothers, Jason Isbell. To a lesser extent, Zach Brown. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Not as smart, Zach Brown. (laughs) The guy who wrote Chicken Fried, the guys, the other bands who wrote uh, better songs. But the, you know, they looked at it and they were like, yeah, we're not going to fucking record this as like a cover. We're just going to play it live because everybody loves this song and it's perfect as a recording. And even the Van Morrison versions are not nearly as good as this one. And that, except. For the YouTube video from I don't know the where mu- it's from. Music Latin, yeah, Germany. This music Latin, music Latin yeah. Germany from like '74, which is phenomenal, and anybody mm-hmm. should watch that that YouTube tube version. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I listened to um, Michael McDonald do it, Oof. which was uh, a novelty. <laughs> How was that? 
I mean, I it's just Michael McDonald doing this song. Like, there's nothing. I'm not gonna put it on again. But it's like old Michael McDonald doing it. Yeah. It's the same with um, um, Joe Cocker. Yeah, Joe Cocker tried it. I mean, he recorded it, but he's doing it a little too reggae. Like, yeah, he's got some reggae in there. But I feel like Joe Cocker missed the boat because I feel like this should be sung boat. by one of those songs or one of those singers that has one of those voices like Van or Joe Cocker who can really dig into the nuance of the syllables and kind of the way it's sung. Um, but again, it's it's old then, Cocker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's old Cocker doing it. It's not um, young Cocker. But I must say, I'll go back to it. The one I enjoyed the most out of just the live version was the Allman Brothers with Derek Trucks and Warren Haynes. I mean, and the more I listen to these covers, like I realize Warren Haynes really has a great voice. He can really kind of like... He's a good singer. He can, he can put the ball across the plate every time. And it, it does... I, I'm not... I don't think it's amazing, but I'm like, damn, this sounds great. <laughs> I, I could listen to Michael McDonald order fucking drive through. I will have a number two. I got to listen to him <laughs> sing anything just to make fun of it. It'll be so much fun. Saying that, Jonathan, how does the shoe fit? It fits mystically. I'm not sure why it's so much better than everything else, but <laughs> it is. And Neil? Yeah, the shoe fits. It could be any shoe, anytime, anywhere. It just, it, it, it fits great. There, there's no specifics to, to, to call back to the universality of the song. Like, it's, it's a universal shoe. It fits. One size fits all. Would, would it be bad to say it fits like a leprechaun boot? Yes. <laughs> it's like a leprechaun. <laughs> a leprechaun hat. Uh, I, I would say, you know, I don't have to fear it, so I'm going barefoot. And, and I'm, 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 I'm floating into the mystic without shoes on. And that, that's, yeah. that's how this song fits. Nice. Barefoot into the mystic. Barefoot into the mystic. That's the sequel. That glad that one never that, got that's made. That's the sequel that, that uh oh we've got a sequel to Into the Mystic called Barefoot in the Mystic. It's called it's, like, yeah, we're it's called that. Old Cocker Into the Mystic. <laughs> like, um, a fun fact about this song is the drummer his name is Gary Malaber. And he is mostly known for because he was the drummer and like backup singer and, and helped compose a bunch of the songs by the Steve Miller band. Just kind of a oh, cool. fun fact of someone who played on this song. I will say this, a super cool Van Morrison story. Um, like apparently the doors would open for them at the whiskey and like Van Morrison and Jim Morrison would hang out and just get shit house together. I'm like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> and that's like, where they got Gloria. Uh, I'm sure that that would be on their radar anyway. But yeah, they were doing it. And I think they would. I think they. I think they would sit in together and play it together. Like that's mm-hmm. a, for, it'd be like probably like six dollars to get in or something. It's like uh six. Just probably amazing. like a dollar fifty. Like 1966, 67. Just how cool is that? I mean, it, it, it would be a great show to see on the Sunset Strip in you know 1967 Absolutely. or 68 or whenever that is. And uh, probably yeah, 66. Yeah, and and on that note. We are about to play a cover of Van Morrison's Into the Mystic. Yeah, the bonnie boat was one 
as we sailed into the mystic. Hark now, hear the sailors cry. Smell the sea and feel the sky. Let your soul and spirit fly into the mystic. Foghorn blow, I will be coming home. When that foghorn blows, I wanna hear it. I don't have to fear it, and I Soundly we will flow down to the mystic cover you just heard was performed by Josh Bond and Jonathan Horton. Thanks for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify or wherever you listen. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Pod Gave Rock. Next week is our 50th song, and we decided that we wanted to discuss The Beatles, A Day in the Life. Can't wait! Ha, 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 ha.